0: Welcome to Marketproof Marketing, the weekly podcast from the Marketing Minds at Deconvert.com, where we talk about the current state of all things digital and how they impact home builders and developers around the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. I'm Kevin Oakley, and with me today, as always, is the ad doctor Andrew P. And I always say we are here. It's
1: number 47. It is the 8th of March. And we also have Jackie.
0: Awesome. Hi
2: everyone. Yes, I was gonna say Heaven and Andrew. I feel like it's lately with you guys, it's two ships passing in the It's Clark Kent and
0: Superman. Exactly. It's been a a busy year.
2: Yes. Just between trips, you you know, I know Andrew with the cruise and Kevin in Guatemala. Like it's been a very busy last month.
0: And I'll save it for story time. But people are letting us know.
2: Oh, really? (laughs)
0: yeah. (laughs) In (laughs) a very kind way. Um, (laughs) They're like, sorry, I'll save it. Eh, I don't want to get too far ahead. All right, good. (laughs) Well, let's jump into it. Well, first, actually, Jackie, before you start, I just have to say it was a blast listening because I I added. The bumper music to last week's episode that you guys hijacked. Mm-hmm. But I didn't listen to it at all and ahead of time until I was on the plane back from Guatemala. And the proof is that at the end of the episode, Mike's like, uh yeah, Kevin's probably gonna add his own take on IBS or something here. So we'll we'll do that. But Andrew, take us out. And I was like, Oh shoot, I should have uh oh should have <laughs> listened to the
1: whole thing. But it was great.
0: You guys did awesome. Yeah. everyone did an awesome job. So yeah,
1: it was it, was, it was awesome. Yeah, Mike said no edit. So I mean if he says no edit, right? I was like, well then I don't no even edit. need to listen. To this, so I'm That's just funny. gonna I don't play the music on good stuff. That's awesome. It was funny, it was great.
0: Yeah. fun times. Yeah, all right. Sorry, Jackie. Take us take us into story time. So,
2: story time this past week. So diving in this time of year, online marketing makes a huge impact on me personally, more so than any other season. And if you're living somewhere cold like me here in Pittsburgh, it's mm. hibernation season, mm. and no one wants to leave their house unless they absolutely must. So, because of this, I personally I'm spending way too much time in front of my computer and on the phone. Mm. And if I'm not out shopping, I'm online looking. Who isn't? So I recently called a home builder and I was surprised by my shopping experience. And Uh, I don't know if I can mention, you know, the fact that it was a secret shopping, more or less situation for me. You just did. So
0: so I I, just in case it
2: in case, yes. So I was secret shopping and I had stumbled upon their website and called to ask a few questions about a community and a Uh few quick move in homes. So the first call in, I was met with no excitement and Uh they were reading verbatim to really what I was seeing on the website. And Uh any simple questions I had, I wasn't really getting any clear answers. And the end result of the call, which was 10 minutes, it was being passed off to the community sales rep. Mm -hmm. So I essentially was told everything I already knew and felt that that initial call was a waste.
0: So just because I know some people are thinking like, well, that's because you asked really hard questions, Jack. Like, okay. You're saying no. like, can you give us an example of, yes. of one oh, of the types absolutely. of questions you asked? That
2: So s- simple questions that I asked and I try to keep it as simple as I could were this community, what amenities are there? Is there a pool? And the response was, um, uh, I'm reading through the, the list I have here to see if there's <laughs> like that's a pool. That
1: is something so obvious. <laughs> like, of course there's a pool. Of course or
0: not. A yes, play, like, that should be. Should like, or or I get you silence. Would expect, right. Well, the silence may have been better than saying right. I'm looking through the list here on the website. Yes.
2: Right? Oh, so. no, I know. <laughs> and just little things where as soon as she was like, let me pull up the community on our site. And I'm like, well, I have it right here. I could probably read it. to you. I could probably read it and let you know what I'm, I'm seeing. Uh-huh. So that was that was the first call. So then I decided to call in again to see if I would have someone else pick up how that experience would be. Uh-huh. And the second time around, I didn't get a single pickup over three days. Oh. I called twice for three days, morning and afternoon, and okay. I didn't get a call back. Different so, time of day,
1: it, different... Like, yeah, different time okay. of day.
2: And it was weird. Like it actually, even though I was there for the point of just kind of, you know, shopping and seeing how well, it, you know, they do in a sense, it still left me so frustrated, disappointed. And honestly, if I was a, a customer trying to put myself in that prospect's shoes, I would want to look elsewhere. So... As As you can imagine, my first impression was already tainted within minutes. Mm -hmm. And I thought, if this is how I was handled, wanting to just ask a few questions, how would I be treated as a paying customer? So as a company and brand, you create marketing to be a driving force to initiate the next step for a prospect. So with my recent experience, the marketing failed because the pass off was not successful. And then all those pieces, I know, you know, for the most part, everyone knows they work together as a Mm -hmm. cohesive unit. So if one isn't doing its job well, well, everyone, is, everyone fails. So my takeaway is that if you create marketing, follow through with customer communication and make it easily accessible. So if I'm going to list a phone number email on any marketing pieces I were to create, you and same with everyone else, you must be reachable and knowledgeable or else it ruins those efforts and time you put into it.
0: I, I want to be totally snarky and just say, cute story, sis. But the reality is we need more leads. <laughs> <laughs> just get us more leads, Jackie. More leads. What do talking about?
2: It's one of those things where it's like, I could have been a lead. I could have been a lead. And I think to myself, the situation I had, you know, you're there to sell to me. And even my experience didn't go, well, I thought, you know, I could have been one of the leads in the handful of them. You get a month Mm -hmm. and I walked away, not even happy. So, and I wasn't even a real prospect. And so Mm -hmm. if that, I can only imagine it's like at the end of the day, why are the rates low or, you know, those handoff, It just Mm -hmm. definitely makes you look back at the whole bigger picture and see there's if there's something wrong, don't ignore it, especially with a phone number. Answer people or call back. Okay.
0: It's so easy too to get get um skeptical when someone asks you a question that you feel as an employee, the builder, is so simple that why didn't you just read that from the website? Like it's yeah. there. So why do you why are you calling me? You must not really be that interested. And the reality is the exact opposite is the case is something sparked interest to such a great extent yeah. that before they discovered that information that's right in front of them, they picked up the phone and called you. Yeah, and instead of being annoyed by that and feeling like it's an interruption, which is really the root problem, it sounds like is the first person was not excited, not um, personal with you at all, kind of transactional. I'm going to read back what's in front of my face here, mm-hmm. and then well, second even just yeah, fifth, they just didn't answer. So that they gave and you the also cold
2: even trying to get me to come in. You know, the fact that I was there just for the shopping experience, I put so much out there to try to get me to come in, and it was just like passed off in the sense of we'll just have the community sales rep call you back. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, well, I could and just choose they? not to answer. No, <laughs> right? they did not. Oh
0: my goodness. So <laughs>
2: you had the lead, you had the potential and it was very interesting. And I'm, you know, I'm sure. Okay. It's don't because- say
0: who it is, Jackie, but okay. on like small builder to large builder, what size was this company that you shop? Large. Okay. Mm. That's even, it's more understandable, but then it's also worse, right? It's more understandable yeah. because larger, it's hard to have good processes everywhere yeah. that you are, but also the opportunity and the what you're losing there mm-hmm. if that same experience is duplicated a thousand times in a month mm-hmm. or more? Because a caller, yeah.
2: I don't want to feel like the fifth call of the day. You know, I want mm-hmm. to feel like the one, and and that's a lot of times that's what people treat it as. You know, when they're spending this much money, they want that special treatment and to be mm-hmm. kind of almost you're selling to them to get them to come in. And I didn't feel that. I almost felt like I was trying to sell myself to get an appointment. Yeah, so that's odd.
1: You think uh, as far as the process monitoring, if they have you know some type of call tracking software like AllRail uh, the miss call rate would be something on the marketing side at least if i was yeah. in a builder and like okay what's happening to the leads that i'm generating if mm-hmm. i'm getting like hey where's why aren't the facebook ads working that you asked for this big budget for and then you look at the miss call rate in call rail and it's 30 35 whatever percent and you can see it spike on certain uh-huh. days or after certain times you're like well come on there we go
0: here's some data yeah Definitely. and this is a this is good example though of you can have a the right tool like call rail mm-hmm. but if you haven't set it up properly it's certainly completely possible that every one of those calls is being tracked in CallRail as a completed call if it ends up being answered and going through the builder's own voicemail system. Sneaky, Mm, sneaky. So this is why details matter. And you Mm -hmm. have to always be inspecting what you expect and why we always talk about the fact that technology only does one thing consistently, and that's break after you get it in place and it's all working well, then one day it just stops. And so you've got to be checking on this stuff regularly Mm -hmm. because they may think that all the calls are being answered as from a management perspective. Not good. not good. true that ties
1: into my story oh. details perfect exactly. awesome. you're, you're brilliant so about <laughs> um what's the time is it three about half an hour ago i got off a call with a google rep. oh boy but they were from data mm. at google which sometimes google subs out their google reps and it's some like in partnership with google if you read like a little headline underneath their uh, mm. their email so you're like okay i'm gonna like, ignore those people they're not they're not real but this is a real person in mountain view california at google i'm like okay i'll give them some time half an hour da, 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 da. and she was so like everything's going good in the campaign she's like oh i'm so proud like you guys are actually doing stuff that like is new like most people want they won't answer the phone they won't talk to us but two, like they're doing things from like 10 years ago i'm like yeah well you know we try to have have good results and make it work <laughs> i feel like that's important she's like yeah well yeah yeah, yeah obviously and but then mm-hmm. when she actually like well here's some tips let's like go through them like what i see and they were good things as far as like let's look at the the geographic report as far as like where are actually users located when they're searching for you know, the keywords that you're bidding on I'm like, oh, that's good. And mm-hmm. we have a certain way that we run our campaigns. it's like, so this was targeting all of Texas, for example, like all target of Texas. But there's different options on how you can target a location, whether they're searching for keywords related to that location or if they're actually physically located in that location. So she's like, look at this. There's people in, um, it was like St. Martin, like Virgin Islands, there's people in Saudi Arabia, there's people, all these, but then they had like one impression and there's no spend. I'm like, oh, this is so like, she was getting way <laughs> too detailed. They were like, they were valid points. Like, Hey, check your... Your location targeting, it could be off, but really there was zero dollar yeah. cost, and it was like eight impressions or something, which could have been someone traveling from Texas to on um, what's the, what's the ridiculous airline at super expensive Emirates, um, they're in first class, oh, so they're Emirates. like searching Texas, and they're over like who knows what the situation is, but it was one impression. I'm like okay, and there's like three or four things where she's getting like really good details where that's her life, so of course she's you know that's all she does all day is like fix these little things, but I'm like none of this is going to have an mm-hmm. impact. Like it's not like it's like a little dial, like okay. Okay, let's turn this here versus like a big lever that we could pull.
0: It would not be a good investment of someone who's in a actual builder's mm-hmm. marketing department who has more than this not to at all. do. Correct. What you're like saying. This, yeah. Like
1: yeah. I went through that. you know, I think it's important to have relationships mm-hmm. with the reps because at times you might need them. And, and so ideally you like have that, like, hey, Paris, her name was like, we, we have an issue here. And if you had that time with them, then you could actually lean on them for help. But this I'm like, come on, like, let's talk about some like bigger stuff that could actually like have an impact on, on the campaigns. So mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know what the lesson yeah. is on that one other than don't get caught up in the weeds and the details. Well,
0: I think the lesson is why are you, you have to understand why are you wanting to spend time on that? In her case, she was doing it most likely out of habit of, okay, let's go look at this thing that I tend to look at myself mm-hmm. often. Whereas sounds, yeah. if you're working for a home builder, it's not that you wouldn't go look at the where geography of where people are coming from, but you would do that because the bounce rate is correct jumped up beyond what you want it to be. The time on site's wrong, the conversion level is dropped. And so you're going there investigating, like you always say, you're, you have a specific, question. Mm-hmm. when you go in it's not just hey let's, let's look at buttons. geography yeah you because. could spend a lot
1: of time clicking buttons
0: it makes a it makes a really nice map it's the most visually interesting and <laughs> report and part of I there think. and
1: facebook does it too like all the if they could fix this culture of course they need something to quantify like our reps did this with our um our clients mm-hmm. the advertisers like they have a list of things to do so i and i know that so i'm like hey paris can mm-hmm. you just send us, your, send us your list of things that you think we should do and then if it makes sense we'll knock them out and you'll you won't have to like stress out about them because otherwise she'll be like every couple of weeks like hey let's get this done instead of just here's the list thanks yeah Yeah. Mm, fun
0: stuff yeah. Wow. well my story time is my chance to give my thoughts on the builder show since I wasn't part of the hijacked episode last week and to talk about one of the most interesting gifts that I've ever been given uh, during our time <laughs> in Guatemala for those of you who don't uh, follow me on, on the socials uh, so I'm just going to go rapid fire through some of the questions that you guys covered uh, the first is just any common themes or topics that I noticed being discussed in the hallways or at different sessions I think um, technology was certainly a common theme, more openness to mm-hmm. technology, almost a hubris towards that is the solution. And I don't know why or how, but I want to find the technology that's going to solve my problem because now I believe in technology. <laughs> it was uh, so, so sometimes a little bit manic or uh, not really focused, but that was definitely a huge topic of conversation. Um, another big one was just the rise of the humans and, and the importance of, of humanity in marketing and sales, mm-hmm. which is an interesting counterbalance to that other. Uh, big topic of, of tech and AI and how that's going to work. Um, my favorite people that I got to meet for the very first time. Anyway, I got to see Chris Santagrin in person from Cannonball Moments. Guy is enormously tall uh, <laughs> from watching his videos and stuff. I, I knew I liked him, but I didn't know how tall he was. Uh, I think he's the tallest person I've ever met in person, but it was great to get to see him for the first time. I saw Anya, Chris Santan for the first time in person there as well. It's great to meet her. Um, and the funniest thing that happened was definitely trying to eat chicken feet completed the oh. wrong way
1: so what is the right way <laughs> and, and um, who taught that, you the right way yeah. or did you google
0: it well no Ingrid okay. mentioned that she would teach okay. us the right way and, and it was just like I think you mentioned on the episode just kind of nibbling off that's the, what I like like a chicken wing yeah I was just yeah. gonna say a wing and um yeah. no we just you I didn't realize just, even though I've watched the video and I was there when it happened I didn't realize that Will Duterstadt put the whole foot in his mouth that would <gasps> be awful I just bit off oh. like it's a lot an of... index finger or whatever <laughs> so you ate
2: bone and all you just oh yeah but it's tell. a hollow bone
0: cuz it's a bird yeah. Jackie so it's not it's not terrible like That's- I did
2: true. It could be worse. The flavor
0: truly wasn't bad. And I still I think deep fried chicken feet would be something I would still enjoy. I just don't think um, it was not. It was like gummy worms. It was was not good.
1: Were they not? I didn't try them. Were they not fried enough? Like they weren't crispy enough?
0: Oh, Uh, they weren't crispy at all. They were just soft. It was like like steamed or coated (laughs) with something. Yeah. It was not. Was
2: mentioned the joke of being on Fear Factor. I feel like that Mm. would be something that. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I never thought I would be a good episode on that or a good contestant on that but I think now <laughs> yeah. I might be able I think to it do would it. Be time yeah. machine. The biggest surprise was, and I maybe shouldn't have been surprised about this, but how many people said very, very nice things about um, all of us in the podcast in general? You know, we see the numbers. We average around three to 400 people an episode that listen, but they're just numbers and you can see where they are. But you're kind of like, Is, are these real people? What's happening? Mm-hmm. And I think it gave people a good excuse to come and talk to me, which was nice too, because maybe I'm just really scary uh, looking at. I don't know, but Super oftentimes scary. people are, they're they're <laughs> intimidated. They think they're going to interrupt us or bother us somehow, like we're deep in thought in, in the corner or talking to no. someone else. But people were very <laughs> open to come up and say hello and to say they listened to the podcast and just f- lots of fun stories about it where, you know, people mandating that other folks in the company listen to it because of a particular thing. Or mm-hmm. one person asked me if I worked with one of their competitors and I said, no, we, we don't work with them. And they said, well, I know they listen to the podcast because every week after you guys say that you should do something Thing. They're doing it. Um, <laughs> I thought that was interesting, too. That's wow. funny. Um, well, I could be the opposite. It was really nice. Actually. to. They, would be, they
1: yeah. would be doing it first. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. Um, and then the sad part is I didn't really get to attend very many sessions. I got to see um, the very beginning of the sales rally, which I heard awesome things about. I got to see all of the do convert sessions. So I guess I should clarify that. I, my, my main goal was just to get good photos and, and videos of everyone and the sessions from the team. But I didn't get to attend many outside sessions. So unfortunately, I don't have as much to contribute to that other than I. I did get to watch andrew garberson's talk about data studio which was awesome he always has good jokes
1: mm-hmm. and he does a really good job of like doing the active polls and using data studio at the same time like using the technology he's talking Ooh. about during yeah. it which is super cool i think people are like wait that's that's real like that actually just happened yeah, yeah it's pretty cool and
0: yeah, and i'm pretty great. sure half the audience is just saying that guy is dreamy like I, he's <laughs> <laughs> someone i met in the hallway i was like where, where are you going next and and they said i'm not sure i said oh i'm gonna go see andrew garberson and they're eyes lit up and they're like, oh, I want to see him. Oh I was like, gosh. this is <laughs> a little bit weird, <laughs> but okay. That's weird. Oh, that's hilarious. He is married, everybody. It's so taken. Back away. <laughs> oh, man. Alright, awesome. let's, uh, let's shift over to the news and... Uh, The first article here kind of goes along the technology and AI trend and it comes from TheVerge.com and also our good friend Jeff Turner who, uh, breaking news, he will be one of the keynote speakers that we have at this year's online summit uh, in Chicago coming Mm, up at at the end of the year. Uh, Uh, He shared this as well, but the headline of the article is, can you tell the difference between a real face and an AI generated fake? Now some context here for everybody. First, I am amazing. I will not be humble about this. I'm a amazing at being able to differentiate between an interior rendering and an interior photograph. The good folks at BDX who do great job with renderings, they have a quiz that they run uh, every year or so. You know, can you tell which one's real, and which one's fake? And they're very, very good. So this is not a knock at all on their rendering. So, I mean, they're they're amazing. But because I have a photography minor, there's certain aspects of, of things that happen, like when a bright light transitions to an object, there's usually a little bit of a haze and it's it's artificial. It's called chromatic ability. Hmm. Google that term. You know. um, but, but there's certain things that happen with camera lenses that I can just tell that is a photo versus a mm-hmm. rendering, and so those never fake me out. But I played this game. Uh, there's two options here. You can go to does dot com, and that is all AI generated faces combined together from multiple data points and ripping apart different, you know, eyes from this photo or that. And, and the other one is whichfaceisreal.com dot com. I think Jackie, you said you spent a few minutes on it. I, I played ten rounds I of which face is real. Mm-hmm. and I only got mm-hmm. three of them right. Oh, yes. that's surprising.
2: I, I will be honest, Kevin, similar to you in a sense, like I saw this article title and I was like, oh please, this will be easy. And I clicked on it and after playing it for five minutes, I felt like I just didn't know what was going on <laughs> in the world. And I was amazed at the, the you know, I'm hitting, you know, this one's real and it's, no, you are incorrect. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like I had to z- put my computer screen right up to my face kind of crazy. look and see if there was anything. I had
1: um, I think I got lucky because it gives you the AI face and gives you the real photo and I had the opposite where like mm. I got two wrong out of like 15 but the ones the AIs yeah. always had something weird with like the background or like the the real picture was like someone with like a microphone in front of their face where I'm like okay that has to mm. be real like yeah. somehow it was always like okay well that's obviously this one or that one Um, I mean I, the ones I got wrong where they didn't or have like things. any objects in the photo if that makes sense um, so I cheated I cheated yeah and
0: I was pushing myself to move quick, so I may if I had studied it more closely, like I was talking yeah. about with the renderings, mm-hmm. maybe it would. But just if you only take you know two seconds to glance at both of them, oh yeah, there should be a timer.
1: They need to change
0: I it. Agree. Like, good, good idea. Like, like
2: I went through quick. It's funny when I look at some. Some had two different earrings on, like they used you know two different you know ear uh, yeah. clips like that, or one had their like earlobe was <laughs> a little distort. You know, I, I then took my time to look. Yeah, but I'm like you, you know, in a sense when you look real quick, like most people, you're just looking out of face. It, it's hard.
1: It's like uh, what's that Westworld on HBO? Uh, mm-hmm. Yes. Have you seen that? Yes.
2: Yeah. Good.
1: You're like that person is not
2: real. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. And then yeah.
1: episodes in.
2: <laughs> I Robot. completely agree. Oh.
0: Yeah. And so why are we talking yeah, about this, though? The reason is because this is an example of the power of AI and how good it's getting. There's a quote there, Andrew, that I'll have you read in a minute. But both of these websites are using a type of AI known as a generative adversarial network or GAN, G-A-N. And the way it Works is that there's actually two AIs and they are competing against each other, or one is trying to basically trick the other. And so they are working against each other, but at the same time, learning iteratively with each other and creating a better and better and better result. So, in this instance, one AI is creating an artificial face, showing it back to the original one, and saying, like you just mentioned, Jackie, probably like, hey, the earrings don't match, buddy, like, try again. And so then the AI goes back and tries to learn. And there's some opportunity, too, that's kind of fun for you to get involved and give feedback on the AI. Um, uh, system as well. Oh. If you click in the bottom nice. corner, but it's it. That's how good this is. And Andrew, go ahead and read the quote there about what's coming next.
1: So in another three years, these fakes will be indistinguishable. And when that happens, knowing will be half the battle. Says Bergstrom. Our message is very much not that people should not believe in anything. Our message is the opposite. It's don't be credulous. Right, cred, cred, credulous. credulous. <laughs> added an I in there. credulous. <laughs> Who uses this word? In- oh, incredulous.
0: On. I had to Google that, that myself. It. I know what incredulous means. i <laughs> no. I wasn't sure what credulous. Smith, no credit. But I'm gonna put that in an ad and see what happens. Oh, wait, wait. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah no, you know, like do that.
0: within three years, we will not be able to tell the difference between that and just the... No.
2: That's amazing. What oh, that
0: wow. means, not just from... And, and Jeff Turner has a ton of different examples of this that he's going to show. But right now what we're talking about is AI taking parts of different images, combining them together to create a face that doesn't really exist. There is a very small leap of faith that imagines that if we can do that really well using the AI system, at some point the AI system will simply be able to create from nothing a very reasonable, believable human face based upon whatever parameters you give it. And that's not that far away from a home builder being able to say, I want to design a home AI system that solves these Mm -hmm. needs and then the system creating it. I like it. Yeah, this
1: is I think this is a good way to help people understand the Facebook algorithm, say using conversion campaigns, which I think we, Mm -hmm. Kevin, you talked about I talked about and that's like, if you're not doing them, then get it done is Facebook is is competing against itself and Finding this perfect model of targeting mm-hmm. that's behind the scenes that we don't we just don't know the details. Um, so if you think about it that way, it's like okay, so Facebook is who are the right people? What's the right time? What's the right um, platform? What's the right everything? And it's constantly trying to be that model they have, and it's just we can never be that that good as like as marketers like trying to be better yeah. than that model because it's going on continuously.
0: But the one thing that is happening now that will will continue to change, I think, is right now we are defining what that conversion or this success point is. So in that GAN model of AI, you and I and Becca, the marketers, are still defining that one half of the machine battle, and then the AI is mm-hmm. trying to get us what we want as much as possible. Whereas the holy grail is, I want sales, and you're just outcome delegating the final product that you want and getting it. And that still is a long way. So you're away.
1: saying I need to okay, long ways away. Yeah, I need to find a new job. That's what
0: you're saying. <laughs> no,
1: we all no. need to. We all need to do something else. Not, I not um, for a while. What can never be replaced. Um, I'll be a nurse. But good segue
0: into how I wanted to round out this talk on AI is, you okay. know, we talked about how powerful the AI was, at the builder show at our sessions. We just talked about how it can create these faces that look real. All that being said, we have to remember that when something begins to get this much hype, and I also wrote a quick article about this, is that AI can be very powerful, but it's also simply a term that is getting overused extremely so to sell a service because regular service XYZ might be kind of passe or not interesting, but if you add the words artificial intelligence or machine learning to it, then suddenly it is the new hotness. And and this article from The Register is very, very interesting that says that two in five AI startups essentially have no AI mega survey of nearly 3000 startups. Fine. Basically, later it goes on to say in approximately (laughs) 60 percent of the cases or 1580 companies, there was evidence of AI material to a company's value proposition. So 40 percent of the time there was no no value. Now, so so this is mm-hmm. splitting hairs. Maybe they use AI in some portion of what they're doing, but it's not the core thing that you're actually paying for. It would be like us. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Like Andrew, we could totally put a button in the corner of DoYouConvert.com that says now powered by artificial intelligence and machine learning. And all we would be meaning yeah. by that is we use Facebook ads, <laughs> right? That would be yeah, disingenuous.
1: Nice. <laughs> it would be. So that makes sense.
0: It's just when you're evaluating new technologies and new opportunities, this is why you need to understand And start to have some of these definitions down of what is this stuff and how does it work? Not that you're going to program an AI yourself, but just like in the beginning with banner ads on the internet, you have to have a way to be able to vet every opportunity and thing Mm -hmm. that you're going to test and invest in to some level or find a partner that you trust that you can get them to vet for you. But it's it's an opportunity that people will take advantage of. And home builders, again, are a ripe target for any type of stuff like this because there's so many dollars involved in our business from a. Mm -hmm. Well, they make a million dollars profit by selling three homes. So certainly they could afford buying our service.
2: Very interesting. On to the next one.
0: Yeah, let's shift over to... This is a fun one. An ad doctor special right here.
1: Yeah, this is a special one. Um, It'll be quick. So Google Ads Manager will move to first price auction. Like what what does that even mean? Um, So first, if you don't understand how Google has their auction in place or how you actually win your placement either on a website or on Google search, um, I'd say go on YouTube and there's a great Google made video of how it works. You could see images and stuff. But essentially, if I'm bidding, uh, here's a quote, this this says it better. For example, if the highest bidder bid, bidded, placed a bid for $5 an ad, and then the second highest bidder was $3, then the highest bidder would pay a penny more than the second highest bidder. So that'd be $3.01, right? So they're moving to the right. first price auction. So I bid five, so I will now pay five. Ooh, sounds, sounds frightening. That doesn't sound like an auction,
0: like, really. Or just an auction It doesn't sound like
1: an auction. I guess it, it is, is an auction. Right. Yeah. It's like a Man. it's like a everyone loses auction. I guess I don't even know. First, it's a first price auction. Um, so they're starting with the display network. I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. I hope it doesn't go to search. But in the article, and this is what I would think too. Like people just adjust how we do it because now it's like you pay you you put a bid say on Google search for two dollars, knowing that you're going to be at like a dollar fifty or even like a dollar twenty five. But you're just using that bid amount to try to get more clicks, try to win more m- more of the auctions and higher placement, knowing that you'll actually mm-hmm. be less. Thanks. So it's kind of it's weird. Even explaining that, like, what do you mean? You're like, if you tell someone, like, yeah, I'll put two dollars in, but I won't pay two dollars. are Like, what? Just said you, you just <laughs> yeah, said you're gonna pay two dollars, and,
0: and it makes perfect sense for them to be doing that on the display network because the reality is, what you end up actually paying is almost nothing in comparison to what you have to bid in order to get any exposure at all. Yeah. Right. Like, if you if you initially start out your bid at, I'm only gonna pay five cents, you may never get enough display impressions to even get a chance to run broader on the network. Does that make sense? What I'm trying to explain? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So you artificially so. bid super high so that you get some exposure so that Google can verify that your ads yeah. aren't complete trash and then start showing them more frequently.
1: I think this will mostly affect any builders that are doing things they shouldn't do, in my opinion. Mm. So yeah, we have like Google yeah. Display Network, which mm-hmm. primarily should be remarketing. And yep. if you want to do any display advertising, that budget should really be on Facebook. But if they're doing the opposite where they're like, hey, we run, quote, geofence, um, any fancy term, they want to mm-hmm. call it, five mile radius around the community, people 26 through 40 five that bit, this weird targeting. Is this going to squeeze pain.
0: margin out of like agencies? Like I can think of all these people now Ooh, who, yeah. hey, um, you pay us 500 bucks yeah, and we will point. get you a hundred thousand impressions. So.
1: hope so. That's going to mm-hmm. be yeah. in a, a different mean way. Yeah. Because they they've. Yeah. And those that business model will say, hey, send us three thousand dollars a month and we'll get you a hundred thousand impressions. And you're like, oh, that seems fair. But that agency <laughs> has the history of knowing that they could actually pay fifteen hundred dollars for those hundred thousand impressions. And then they just you know they're making fifteen hundred dollars or whatever their margins are on it. Yeah. But if they're now paying thirty five hundred dollars and the contracts for three thousand, so that this will send. I didn't even think about that because we don't we don't we don't do yeah, We don't that do way, that. So I but I think about it. Um, that will definitely change some people's. Yeah.
0: they've Yeah. No. And, and, and in, a, in a way, and this is very common for the tech companies. It's how they need to be thinking. It's protecting their consumers and the integrity of their platform by doing so. When I first saw this and read through it, I thought, well, this kind of stinks. But I'm kind of digging it. The more that I, th- I think this through, anyway. We'll we'll circle back to it as it rolls out. and
1: I guess it's closer to like if you're buying um, a direct placement Mm -hmm. from a website versus through an auction. Like you're just, hey, I'll pay $5 per CPM or $10, whatever it is. And
0: It's also going to force more granular setup of your display network too. I would think Because you're going to want to be very specific about I'll pay $5 CPM for this and this one I only want to spend a dollar. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. That's nerdy. Well, as usual, we've already talked for a long time, but it's time to go to a break and and we come back we are going to do some rapid fire we've been talking about doing something like this for a while but what we're going to do is we're going to go back to the builder show and we're just going to answer for everyone some of the questions that were asked of us after we got off the stage or in the hallway that we think would help everybody so stay tuned we'll be right back All right, and we're back with the questions that were asked of us after we got off the stage at our talks or in the hallway at the Builder Show that we think will be beneficial for everyone to listen to. So, just to keep the flow going, Jackie, we'll have uh, you ask the question. You don't have to use your secret shopper voice. You just use your regular voice. Uh, awesome. question?
2: I won't, dis- I won't pull out an accent. <laughs>
0: but, but these were all legitimate questions that were asked of us at this year's Builder Show.
2: Awesome. All right. I'll kick it off with the first one. Why do we say that branding isn't important?
0: Awesome. So this, this was at the end of my talk about Facebook driving walking traffic and how important the AI, AI was. And this gentleman in the front row raised his hand and said something that I just said kind of quickly without uh, thinking that it was going to make much of an impact for anyone there was that, you know, a lot of money spent on branding tradi- in the traditional sense is no longer being spent wisely in today's digital world. And, and what he took from that was, I'm glad he asked to clarify. It's not that we think that branding is not important. What we're saying is Branding, in the sense of pure name awareness and the assumption that five years from now, when Kevin wants to consider purchasing a new home, that he's going to think of Builder X at Happy Acres. Spending money so that you're top of mind for something that happens so irregularly with such a small percentage of the audience that's going to get a mass media message, which is what branding is typically done with, is not a great investment. And so, what I clarified for him was I think branding is extremely important. We, we've talked about this a lot recently, that the the best SEO strategy is to have someone Google your own brand name. You're going to win that one. You're going to be highly ranked in that term. So branding is important. I just think that still as builders, we think about it backwards, where once someone enters into our funnel slash ecosystem, branding becomes extremely important. And especially after they purchase from us in that construction experience, uh, moving in selections, all those things, branding is extremely important. And I think most importantly, and most abandoned by Builders is branding after they are living in the home because now they're actually part of your true community. They have made an expensive purchase from you that they are going to be paying for every month for the next 30 years or so. And yet we want to spend money on billboards and radio and television and building the brand and air quotes before they ever care about the message. And I think if builders would invest the same amount of time, energy, and money after the transaction was closed on maintaining that relationship relationship and building the brand after. I mean, Andrew, once you move into your house, you're going to be so freaking happy for the next 12 (laughs) months or longer. But I mean, eventually everything wears off. You know, you get used to what you have. It's just home. It's house. But that (laughs) initial experience, if if you were given opportunities to express to other people on a regular basis how much you love your home and to say thank you to the builder. And of course, things are going to go wrong. But that's again, where can making your customer service experience over the top, like a Zappos type experience, is that going to cost you? money? Sure. Does free shipping cost Amazon money? Sure. But that's how they built their brand, Mm -hmm. right? So branding is really important to us, just not at the top of the funnel or before people are even in the market and especially not trying to shortcut it, which is I think your point Andrew that you're going to share is you can't just spend, you know, I shared the story of my builder had spent right before I got there over $200,000 in a quarter on television and radio and no when we did a survey after the fact the aided and unaided awareness levels hardly changed more than a percent percentage point. So is that worth it? I mean, you can't build a brand quickly with mass media. No,
1: no. And I'll touch on uh, two things. One, I think that buying a home is there's a lot of circumstances and re- requirements that it's kind of self-selecting and who you get to build or buy from anyways. Mm-hmm. Like for us, like we were buying existing or we were buying a new home with KB. Like it's not like we even had other builders because we wanted this location. So it's kind of like you could have your name out there, but it's still that's where that person is going to live versus a car they could really buy from anyone. If they want a soda, a Coke, they could could buy all these different choices. It doesn't like there's not other variables that will influence that decision. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a, a good thing to find. But to me, like branding, like having a image or an ad be quote on brand, like that stuff. That stuff bugs me because I think brand is more like you go to Starbucks or Chick fil A. It's every um, experience or interaction you have with the person at the counter, with the drink mm-hmm. that you're drinking, with the fried chicken sandwich that you're eating. And over time, that's the brand. Yep. The, who you what you know. And there's a I found it. I don't know how old it is, but Kevin, you wrote it. Defining the definitions, branding, marketing, and more. Super good blog posts that really explains what I just said, except in, in better in better words. It's it's all well, the interactions uh, with them.
0: Yeah. And I know there's going to be tons of people who listen to this who misunderstand things. So even though we're going to go through all yeah. this pretty quick, I just want to circle back on a couple things so you don't misunderstand me. When I say you can't spend a ton of money to build a brand in a short period of time, of course, there's caveats. If your product's amazing and a lot of people need it, like a lot of people, not 2% of the current people who live in your town who are mm-hmm. thinking about moving at any. Given time, then sure. But I still remember this. I think I was in high school, or maybe I was in college, uh taking a marketing class because I remember watching this. DHL, remember the DHL, the shipping company? They're still around. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. All Chinese, but they're, stuff, like overseas. But they're
0: not, they're not really around. Like you don't, they're not in the same sphere as FedEx and UPS and, and any other shipping organization. But there was a when they first came to the United States, you could not watch anything, you couldn't read anything in a waiting room. I mean, they literally must have bought. Out, like 20% of all mass media of all types for like a solid month. They were everywhere. And then they're gone. Like, I just yeah. think about all the money that they spent, and they could have simply mm-hmm. lowered their costs, they could have provided greater services, all these other things. And that is building a brand. I just what I'm really railing against is this idea of traffic's down, we could call the ad doctor and make our campaigns better, more efficient, whatever. Or we could create a new radio jingle. You know, I, the fact that anyone would go to to radio jingle really? is, is, is crazy to me. And then Starbucks, yeah. Starbucks, is so interesting because I don't actually buy from them that often. I don't. I mean, mm-hmm. I work from home upstairs most of the time. So when I travel, I certainly go to Starbucks. But they are the only food slash beverage company who I actually have installed the app and use it to pay for their service. It's interesting.
1: And you're I'm there like oh, okay. four or five times a week because I pass by four of them to get 10 minutes down <laughs> the road. And yeah, so it's and Chick-fil-A, why do I go there? Yeah, same with Chick-fil-A.
0: The, the Chick-fil-A app yeah. is another one where I ha- still haven't installed it, but it's the only other one it's just interesting that you chose those two that I've ever even considered do I want to install this and that goes back to not the fact that they have one or don't I mean everybody now has an app or food but I've chosen specifically that there's something about the experience and how it integrates with the overall feeling of going to Starbucks and fitting into that tribe being a good customer even of well I want to pay with the Starbucks app because that's going to go super fast and it's never a problem and I get points and Mm -hmm. there's just it's so detailed and complex that it's again not just a billboard or any mm-hmm. any advertisement. It's the whole, like you said, the whole experience.
1: Good. There I think that would be the longest. I think that would be yes. the longest one. <laughs> Good, that, Which is still like oh, one more thing to add on that. I think that word branding means so many uh-huh. different things to so many different people and to different agencies, right. consultants. Like that word brand is like it's abused. So we just need to pick a different word um, and not yeah. use that. Like, okay. And and ran.
0: Very <laughs> yeah. broad. I agree. Yeah. You could almost say the more meaningful purpose of brand in a lot of senses of the word is culture and reputation.
1: I like that. That's better. Yeah. You know, like a combination of those
0: two things. You got the culture of Chick-fil-A that says we do everything well. We are polite. We are caring. My pleasure. We, in a sense, love our customers. Mm -hmm. And then you have the reputation of having that experience met. And that culture met over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. I've never. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let's kill it. Because we're going to be here forever. I love it. Next one. Question number two, Jackie. So
2: number two, man, Builder doesn't show square footage on our materials. Is this a big deal or not?
0: I'm going to shoot this one over to you first, Andrew, because you just went Mm -hmm. through this most recently. Was it ever, well, one, did your builder show square footages like dimensions of each individual room or just an overall square footage? How much detail was there in that and did it ever come up or would it bother Um, you if you didn't
1: have it? Just square footage of the total home. The floor plan is even named after the square footage of the home. If you could imagine how creative that is. Um, (laughs) Super cool. But no, no dimensions of rooms, although I'm sure we could get those. Um, We saw them in the blueprints when we went through the uh, pre-construction meeting, but mm-hmm. I never, we never asked. Just we're like, OK, that will work.
0: Like, Gotcha. So for you, it yeah. wasn't a particular concern of what is no. the dimensions of that bedroom number three.
1: Yeah. We're almost tripling the size from our little condo we're renting from. Yep. <laughs> from. Got so it. we're like, praise the Lord. Yes. That sounds Perfect. good.
0: So this question came to me from someone who was saying, hey, this is actually a big frustration point for our buyers who tend to be move up buyers in particular of uh, they come to the sales office and we've got great <laughs> materials, digital um, displays, and they can interact with everything but they don't have the ability to get room dimensions. And so whether it's furniture planning or just making sure that one room in their house that they feel is particularly small is going to Hmm. feel or be larger, that was important to them. And it just made me think about the topic of transparency. You know, do we, I think the majority of people listening will agree that we have to have transparency as builders in price and location. Although sometimes price still, people are going to get a little bit weird with us and say, I don't want to show pricing on the website. But generally speaking, most people have come around that we have to be transparent on those. My answer to them and uh, for discussion here is I think transparency in all things is what we're really trying to drive towards. Mm -hmm. I mean, a home, certainly the total square footage is important, but to not know individual room dimensions, like is my kids going to sleep in a four foot by six foot room or an eight foot by 10 foot room? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, with them, like, can we fit a twin or a full if like Mm -hmm. from like toddler bed to like a bigger bed? Yeah. Like that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. Right.
0: It could be. And and what they were saying is that this is actually annoying their customers who had already made made it to the sales office. But then we're calling back to their online team or sending an email saying, all I need is the room dimension of bedroom number two from the Stanford floor plan, you know, and having to go through that extra step was frustrating to them when they when they had printed brochures or digital reference materials. to just not not that. So I think I think this is I think it is important to be transparent in all things. And another funny little example is when I was when Jackie was on maternity leave and I was hopping back into the world of, of email marketing. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of times where I'd be working with someone on featuring specific inventory homes. And the way the template was set up and the way that even their base homes were set up was they would have square footage, but their inventory homes did not have specific square footage necessarily listed out on their site. And so I would have to pull up Zillow to get the actual square footage information (laughs) to put in. So, and Zillow is getting it from somewhere. Really Mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, just this is why the Zillows of the world and by Zillow, I mean, any type of online aggregation syndication platform wins is because i mean they're training me just by that silly behavior if i want to know the square footage of something i if i go to zilla i'm more than likely going to get it i agree and you All don't right. want to train your customer to have to go anywhere else to get information on you no. particularly mm-hmm. <laughs> so
1: i was just looking at i'm not in the market for a car but i just wanted to see like what does the automotive right. industry do mm-hmm. um and they have every dimension for everything ever or sir, so, you know sure. i think their precision is a little difference where I, I think that's my where builders might be like well our rooms might be off by like whatever inches you know Know, who knows mm-hmm. where is it but mm-hmm. it's like leg legroom headroom shoulder to shoulder like everything about the car you could like oh my current car is this okay cool you could just see that I think that's what other industries set the expectation of what people yeah. expect
0: and that's about. why modular is going to mm-hmm. only continue to become more and more popular is because of that consistency you know once they can overcome some other challenges challenges that modular has I think it'll be it'll be awesome all right let's get to definitely. uh to number three Jackie
2: number three how do I know if it's time to jump ship to another builder
0: <laughs> anytime you you get a bunch of people <laughs> in one place. A couple conversations come up between folks who have similar roles. Uh, shockingly, how much are you getting paid? Uh, what's your culture like? Um, just they're they're always comparing and contrasting. And oftentimes at these events like, like this one, someone will come up and say, you know, I, I'm just not happy where I am. And I'm Kevin, I think it's time to make a move. Is it is now time? And this one's pretty easy. I think, you know, if the culture slash philosophy of the company you're working for doesn't align with you or the role that you have in the company, now, being very transparent here, my very first role was with in Columbus, Ohio. It was a great learning opportunity. I love the people I work with. There's a lot of good things about the company. And I've heard that even the things that are not good from my perception there at the time have improved. So this is not like I'm not condemning them at all. But at the time, that company didn't care as much about their employees or culture. They were lower quality. They used lower quality construction methods, different different challenges there. Right. And so as a marketer, it was a tough place to be. They didn't care as much about marketing. It was not a core competency of theirs. They didn't believe that marketing was having an impact on on their end sales results. And so they didn't want to invest in the department or me necessarily and grow pretty easy. If you're in that scenario where your builder doesn't believe in the importance or the capabilities of marketing to impact business and you're a really good marketer, it's probably time to jump and you don't have to overthink it. And now the caveat there is if you're good at what you do and not just you think you're good at what you do. And so that might require some exploration outside of your own bubble and talking to other folks to figure out, am I really good or am I just good in my... My own little pond here of, of the company that I work for. But if you're good and the culture and philosophy doesn't align with you personally or your role, make make a switch. It's it's pretty simple I think. Any other thoughts from you guys?
1: My quick one is, yeah, yeah. if you believe in digital, which is a weird thing, it's like, <laughs> we are obviously digital and you know, of course we're biased towards that, but like if that's not a uh, important thing where you build or the builder you're at, like I feel like long term, like you're just getting more and more behind. Mm-hmm. So it'd be harder to catch up to like if you go to mm-hmm. another builder, say in a year, you're like you have to have a new job. They're letting you go or you're moving and so you have to have a new job. And you're like, oh, we didn't do that yet. We only spent 200 a month on Facebook ads when that current builder is spending 20000 a month. Mm-hmm. I think they'll be like, oh, I don't know if you can serve us well compared to say someone else they interviewed that is used to managing 10000 or 5000 or even 2000 a month um, just based on on those things. So you wouldn't have the experiences to have just the off the hand like talk about the campaigns and be able to just comfortably talk nerd with hopefully <laughs> say, you're, say you're like, yeah, Marketing, whatever, and you're talking with the marketing director, and they're really digital. They will be like, mm-hmm. they'll know you're not fluent in it, so it's kind of like you need to. Yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd be worried about about long term. Like, ew, it'd be really hard to catch up. You have to at some point, you
2: know. Yeah, and and even just going from more the business side, but also personal in a workplace, and I, I just see this sometimes a lot with crazy work environments. You know, I feel like if it's a toxic environment, you no, know, that plays a huge role on you personally, mm-hmm. and just even the fact that let's be honest, you, you're at work work sometimes more than you are even at home so you want to somewhat enjoy the environment you're in you don't want to constantly be dreading going to work every day or you just you know hate what you do sometimes I start thinking that's sometimes a red flag oh that's yeah that's, that's
0: what I mean you just I jump agree. at that point exactly um, but to be the only clarification here is that doesn't mean that if your boss doesn't immediately see what you're trying to convince them of that that, mm-hmm. that that's not what I'm talking about at all no, what I'm talking no. about is like the first builder that I worked for it it was very clearly laid out to me that we really like you here. We like what you do. But marketing is not important to our success. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, OK, call the headhunter back. Uh, hey, I'm interested now. And let's see what else right. we got going on here. Right. So you're going to have conflict and you're going to know everyone's going to see. I'm not saying have a fit and then leave. What I'm saying is if it's very clear that culturally and organizationally what you specialize in is not seen as as important to that organization, yeah. then it's probably time to time to move on.
2: Awesome. Yeah. Jumping right into the next question, if you guys are ready. Yeah, ready. Okay, awesome. What <laughs> was it called where you upload people from the CRM to Facebook to see Facebook's contribution to walk-in traffic?
1: Do you like how that was worded? So that was a copy and paste. <laughs> I'm like, this is this is good. Like, um, yeah, Kevin, you actually talked about this during your talk during um, Sales Central. So, but I got the yep. question somehow. But it was I'm like, this was totally Kevin's talk. Like, so if you want,
0: no, you're because you're one, you're more approachable, and mm-hmm. and two, sometimes feel when you're talking about something, people they don't want to make it seem like they weren't paying attention. Uh, Sometimes gotcha. they weren't paying attention to
1: that. Makes I sense. Don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. So they're called offline events, and you upload them by exporting the CRM data from walk-in traffic. And you'd need first name, last name, email, phone number, really anything and everything that Facebook stalks and has on everybody. And then their mm-hmm. registration date. And then you upload that. I'm making this sound really simple. Once you do it the first time, after you do the first time, it is pretty pretty simple. Um, then ideally, and yet
0: it, it's annoying. So thankfully, it is annoying. We yeah. just learned on our our last call. With the Facebook rep, Andrew, that what's coming down the pike next?
1: Oh, there's yeah, there's there's a couple of things. One, they are expanding, which I didn't tell my the Facebook rep this. I'm like, if this was in the news, like this would be all that's over. what I thought
0: too when you told like, me it. Yep.
1: Oh my goodness, like this is the most so they Facebook's Pixel can read any form that is submitted. So that's like it's it's great, but it's wow. also, oh my goodness, it sounds so if you're submitting credit card information, it could read all that. Yeah, I have no idea. But it can read all of that and then it can match it back into Facebook. Facebook. So, like, they know everything. So, then you could upload, just export from the CRM, punch it in there. Um, it's what was that called? Automatic, advanced automatic tracking, matching, matching. Yeah, advanced automatic matching. You have to go into your Facebook pixel settings, which no one has ever done ever. But if you click your pixel, there's a settings word somewhere in there and it's still toggle switch. And that's all you have to do. So, do that, export all your CRM data from walk in traffic and then upload it underneath offline events. And then you'll see those conversions against your campaigns.
0: But, like Sounds you said, so as soon simple. as you said there, As soon as you said they're going to start grabbing personally identifiable information from the form, I was like, oh, my gosh,
1: I'm like, like, is she really just saying (laughs) this? And there's like a a whole like deck that they had. You know, they don't our rep doesn't make like the the PowerPoints like it's um, someone Mm -hmm. somewhere else who got approved by this Uh, person. Like it's all corporate stuff. I'm like, okay, that's that's pretty cool. (laughs) I didn't I need to tell her next time. Like this seems really scary if this guy. But this
0: is awesome because we were just talking about man. we know we've got to get every CRM system out there automatically feeding into Facebook, we've got to get all the websites out there to automatically feed into Facebook and Facebook said you know what's the what's the meme uh, hold my drink I got this or whatever oh, oh yeah I got what this. is it
1: I don't know I need to find it um, I know what meme uh, you're talking about but I haven't seen the Facebook one hold I,
0: my beer that's what it is
1: oh, okay hold my beer
0: Facebook's hold like my hold my beer, beer. Yeah. hold my, yep. Beer. Yep. I hold
1: my beer I got this I got this <laughs> I'll make that one with the little baby yeah hold my beer <laughs> yeah they got everything oh that's yeah but that's yeah it's a uh, but it gives us gives us better data and they're also doing which this one I'll need to I'll make it I need to make a little blog post for this. There's a section where you can set up um, events using the pixel, but you have to go through the setup process where you're you're identifying what the Facebook pixel is reading from them doing this. And you can say, hey, that's a form submission. That means it's a form event. So then you hit save. And so then you Mm -hmm. could have all those converged. It's almost like if Google Analytics read more and was a little bit smarter, you could go through this little wizard, like you're installing a program in analytics, but this is in Facebook and say, oh, that means a form is submitted. Oh, that means that thing is downloaded. And you're just like clicking what each one means versus telling Google or Facebook what the rules are. So it's almost, yeah. it's much more user-friendly, um, although you yeah, can find it. Yeah, and even it, a tag manager yeah. or something else. It's just hidden, hidden underneath your Facebook pixel settings. Good luck. Very cool. <laughs> All right, last question.
2: Are you actually seeing good leads from Facebook? It's pretty close. <laughs> it's,
1: pretty, it's pretty close to what I heard. Um, you want to take this one or you want me to take this one first? <laughs> no, you got it. But this was actually asked after my after my session and I was caught off guard because it was such a, I don't know, I feel like that's a little, like the way it was worded was very, like, like confrontational like i'm like
2: okay let's let's settle down here
1: (laughs) um but i think what it what it comes down to and so the answer is yes of of course it's all tracked like it's all proven and analytics and the data and and all that like without any i mean anyone can massage the data to tell what outcome Mm -hmm. like if you just beat it up enough it'll work but like without logging into anybody's account like if they have conversion tracking you could just click 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 there we go okay cool and look at the spin like all those things so it's all proven with anybody's data not just just our data or our builders data um, and there but I think what this this take a step back like any recommendations or advice you get from anybody I think you have to consider and this is this fits your uh, your hype article before IBS mm-hmm. consider where are they coming from how do they make their money how do how do they get their clients does it fit their narrative all those things yeah. and the way Facebook is going their algorithm their AI is so good like it can have an effect on on what people like the value of, of what they sell um, or what mm-hmm. they're pushing what their narrative is because and because it's like hey just tell facebook you want this to happen tell how much money you want to spend and that's all you have to do and it's like really that simple like you don't need to know all these weird things and have all these fancy names
0: well but like, the the context of the question were they saying that they had tried it and before and it, they weren't getting good leads or they i mean was there anything yeah, else you can there was, say like oh, why were they why was that question being asked do you think
1: yeah well, it, they didn't it's hard trust to you? tell it seemed like <laughs> i don't know it was it was really weird it wasn't we might have that it's out it wasn't a builder um so I'll no, that. So good. it was hard that's to fun. get like, well, what's the context? What have you seen? And so I assume this person was using Facebook lead ads, which are terrible Um, yeah. because there's no context to that person becoming a lead. They're just, they click new homes in Tampa, Florida from the two fifties, three fifties, four bedrooms, 3000 square feet. I'm interested, click it. And then it says my information. I'm like, I just want to see the homes next, next, next. And next thing you know, I'm a lead. I have no idea why and I'm getting a phone call and I'm not answering it because I have no idea who this person is. Yeah. So those leads don't work obviously. Um, But, leads, so but they, I think
0: maybe the clarity then that we, Need to do a better job yeah. in all of our talks about this. Is that to be fair, the lead is not coming from Facebook most of the time. Now, sometimes there is an actual Facebook conversation, Facebook Messenger, etc. There, mm-hmm. it's truly coming from Facebook. But when we when we say leads from Facebook, what we mean is what leads
1: from that traffic source. I see that's my, my my brain's broken. My brain's broken. Like they we advertise on Facebook, they came to the site from Facebook, but they're on the site, so really it's a right. lead from the website. Yeah, they were just on the road on the Facebook road. And then they took a right turn, and now they're on the website. <laughs> yeah, and that's where they were. If you think about it, like they're driving down the road, go to the model. Yeah,
0: let's say that's our fault. Then okay. maybe maybe yeah, we just need to do a better job of clarifying that the lead is not from Facebook; it's from traffic driven to your website. That then either on that first visit or a second visit, which is the big problem, they come back from an organic search or direct traffic or paid search, even, and then they convert. Yeah. But we absolutely are seeing good leads, digital and on site, yeah. walk-in traffic leads from Facebook and Instagram.
1: Mm-hmm. You yeah all mm. these stuff we talked about offline event tracking which it's, I guess that's maybe the hard part like if you aren't on the up and up with that like knowing how to do conversion tracking knowing how to do offline event tracking you can't really mm-hmm. get the data you need to determine if like hey look we spent twice as much money on Facebook this month now twice as many people are searching our brand yeah. term our brand name yeah and we're getting so without the whole picture of understanding digital um, then I guess you could and it is
0: a big problem that I did a hard. talk for a national company on Monday and. And one of the division presidents called me up afterwards and said, hey, great talk. And it was about presale. It was not about marketing, really. It was about the presale process. Okay. And but this division president had latched on to one thing, which was, you know, we spend a lot of money on Facebook and Instagram. And I ask questions because I'm not a marketing guy, but I ask questions about, is this working or is this not working? What am I getting from this? And no one can give me an answer. Oh, so and that's so crazy. I think that's well, but it's very, very common, common because yeah. it's hard. Like, it's crazy, but it is hard from the perspective of the average single-person marketing department trying to do everything, right? Back to mm-hmm. your visit to to the folks uh, at Ideal. Now that... Apparently, guys, when I edited that, I totally missed <laughs> I a couple heard. times where you said Ideal, home, so Beep. it was Ideal. But it, it, it is... awesome. Yep. Uh, yeah, so I just don't want to flippantly say it's crazy because it isn't... I mean, it is hard and if you're not used to it and in it, you have to learn an entirely new language and interface. I mean, it, it, is, it can be hard. That's why we're working on more educational tools for everybody to, mm-hmm. to learn some of these basic things. But once you're in it, it it doesn't stay hard forever correct yeah it's it's
1: nature i think mm-hmm. it i don't know if the, i need to visit like 100 builders and, and like sit in their marketing area for like an hour I, I don't know if marketers especially those on the more tactical building side are given the i don't know if privacy is the right word privacy respect time as though they're like a like trade like say the tile tile guy tile guy tile setter whatever one call him mm-hmm. like once he's that grouts down the mortars down like you leave that dude alone right otherwise it's unset. set can't get it right i think marketers when they're building and they're in there like they need that that same type of respect mm. to their time without interruption um, to yeah. do that. Cause I, you can't, I like, completely
0: agree with you. Jump
1: in and out of like, I'm nerding out, really trying to get these like mm-hmm. vague concepts like connected to my brain. And then I got someone telling me that we need to fix the sign or we need to print more of these or who knows what they're distracted with. Um, I mean, I'm sure some builders have tons of time. I have no idea.
0: Here's two, uh, again, I completely agree, but there, here's two quick thoughts that I have on that. First is that it's usually the marketer's mm. fault because they want to appear like they're able to help anything and do anything at a moment's notice. So just I have a completely always open door policy. I'm happy to take on any additional task you leave at my door, right? They just don't they don't have systems and processes in place to communicate how and how how they're doing what they're doing when they're doing it to anyone else. And so no one else ever gives that respect to them in that way. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then the other thought I have is I think I've told the story before, but how many times I would work on a project from eight o'clock at night until one in the morning every day. a week and then the project was done and I still worked a normal. So I think that's where the old curmudgeon in me doesn't have a whole lot of sympathy either to say, if you're trying to build something new and you're trying to do it in the midst of the everyday, like good luck. And that, you know, just you've got to find other time. I mean, no one's going to walk into my family room at 11 o'clock at night, I (laughs) hope, and ask for a new flyer. (laughs) Yeah. So if I was going to crank away on a new project or to build something, then that's what I was going to do. Or right now,
1: Friday afternoons, right? Mm -hmm. That's That's the good time. Exactly. (laughs)
0: Right. That's why we record the podcast typically on Friday or Thursday afternoons, mostly Friday, because most of the people we work with want to get the heck out of the office early on a Friday or they don't want to email us and have us email them back an assignment. Oh, I'm glad you want you you want that ad run. But we need to know X, Y and Z. Crap. I got to go look that up for them so they can build the ad. You know, so this is the best time for us to record the podcast. It's not necessarily the most convenient time for us, but it's the time when we're least likely to have an interruption. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. That's fun combo. Man. Oh, it's so. I'm so glad to be recording again. It's It's been a couple of weeks for me, yeah. but this has been very lethargic. Cathartic. Cathartic. Not lethargic. What's the word? Cathartic. Um, <laughs> <yes>. Pre- <laughs> credulous. It's been. Credulous.
1: I don't think <laughs> I use that word correctly. Uh, That's okay. I love it.
0: Well, that'll do it for this week. For published articles, blog posts, videos, and more, check out DoYouConvert.com. It's also the best way to find out how to connect with all of us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and the like, and where to see all the upcoming events. Mm. So we've got another event coming up in Atlanta for those of you down south on April 9th. Look out for more information on that and a couple more things yet to come be added onto that list. So check it out. All right, guys, have a good week. We'll see you next time. Bye.